President Trump said today that he'll make it up to farmers in the Midwest who might be negatively affected by his escalating trade war with China and claim they'll be better off than they ever were. So now all they have to do is take that manure and spread it around their crops. Well, long term it might be. And it looks like China may have blinked in this whole thing. So we'll see. Um, you know, I, I will be as harshly critical as Trump as you want of Trump as you want on several topics, including his utter inability to communicate like an adult. On the other hand, I think he's getting this China thing right. I think you will be hailed for what he has done for free trade around the world. I really believe that. Coming up on the program, the strange case of Anna Stubblefield. You may remember her. White activist woman who either raped a disabled black man or had a consensual relationship with him. That's what the trial has been about. Uh, more details on that to come. Wow. Weird. It is, it is weird. It is troubling. It is all kinds of interesting, trust me. So, speaking of Trump, because you can hardly bring up anything without it. Uh, so, o- old uh, General McMasters got sent packing as the National Security Advisor. Hired old uh, walrus-looking uh, John Bolton instead. Headed out the door to stand. <laughs> Headed out the door, did McMaster to standing ovations because mm-hmm. everybody loved him. Yeah, yeah, and you know where it ends, nobody knows. I hope it ends well. Certainly, um, McMaster gave a big speech the other day, and it was um, utterly, utterly predictable that in virtually all of the mainstream media, well, here's the headline from the La Times. The L.A. Times. H.R. McMaster's parting shot at his dictator-loving boss. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Even hotair.com. Um, no, that was actually pretty measured. Um, but the Washington Post coverage was all about how he'd spanked Trump on the way out and called him out and blah, blah, blah. It was actually pretty subtle. Um, he did say some stuff about cozying up to dictators and how that's not cool because, you know, freedom and liberty are precious and blah, blah, blah. We ought to be promoting that around the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, But, of course, the press obsessed with his alleged shots at Trump. But what he said about Russia, I found much more interesting. Because I don't view absolutely that everything that happens to this country or around the world or in my own personal life through the lens of Trump, like some of you obsessives do. But he made it clear that Russia's current aggressions are not unlike and probably take a few pages from the Soviet Union's actions in their neighboring countries during and after its 1940 to 91 occupation of those countries, essentially the second half of the 20th century. Um, McMaster cited the debilitating Internet denial of service attacks on Estonia in 07, during which Estonians endured Russian information warfare and fake news. Hybrid warfare, said McMaster, is a pernicious form of aggression that combines political, economic, informational, and cyber assault against sovereign nations. Tactics include infiltrating social media, spreading propaganda, weaponizing information, and using other forms of subversion and espionage. And I would also hearken back to his previous paragraph, actual denial of service attacks, messing with infrastructure, etc. What's more, as McMaster... And then sometimes they do that, like they did in Ukraine, and they have troops that are moving the border overnight (laughs) further and further into your country. Right. Which is a crazy way to go about things. They actually move the border in the middle of the night. 
you picked wake up, up the, the guard posts and the turnstiles and everything and moved them in the black of night. You wake up the next day and the border of Russia <laughs> is closer to your house. Right. And pretty soon it's on the other side of your house. Wait a minute. I've been living here for 20 years. I know where the border station is. No, you don't. <laughs> I guess That's I don't. So crazy. Yeah. But it's working. Anyway, so uh, here's uh, what McMaster's puts it. And it's funny, the LA Times uh, does a little quick, you know, sound familiar, Trump, Putin, Putin, Trump. Oh, my God, you people. You think you're helping, you're not. What's more, as McMaster put it, Russia, quote, employs sophisticated strategies deliberately designed to achieve objectives while falling below the target state's threshold for a military response. Like we mentioned last hour, like the kid will tease, but just up to the point where he's about to get punched in the face. And he senses when that moment's coming. Um, and they talk about the hybrid under the radar warfare and how aggressive it is and damaging it is. But no nation can fight a war if it doesn't recognize it's at war. And then... They get into the fact that the Kremlin's attacks on the U.S. and around the globe are plain as day. I would agree. Um, And then they talk about how Trump's been a little too cozy with Putin. I think that's over, though. Honestly, it's been over. Trump, again, he he fancies himself the great negotiator. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is, but I think he's pretty good. Um, He was just keeping his enemies closer with Putin, I think. Even his friends close, his enemies closer, but he's realized it doesn't work. He's, he's, he's up against a hard ass. But I really like, I would really like Americans to understand that technique of multifaceted, multifaceted, just below the threshold for violence, attacks on our nation and understand that those are coming in. Oh, and the one thing the LA Times does say is it would really help if, I don't know, for instance, the administration would admit that that's what's happening and call them on it. Right. But again, like the China thing, I think Trump fancied himself uh, in a good position to negotiate with Putin. He was going to flatter him until he, you know, got what he wanted out of him. Well, how about that 60... 16- like several presidents before him thought they could handle Putin. Well, how about, as they explained on 60 Minutes, what happened was we figured out that the Russians were getting into our computers... And um, and and had the ability to mess with voter rolls. Right. But they didn't on Election Day. Obama was waiting for the reports and he got all the reports. No, doesn't look like they did it anywhere anywhere. So the question is, why didn't they? They didn't. Hadn't he called them and said, stop now. Yeah. During the run up to the election. Right. Or we will whoop your ass. That famous picture of uh, Obama glaring at Putin when they met. That's what he said to him. We yeah. now know is stop yeah. messing with our election. Um, if you didn't see the feature, though, the one thing I thought was so interesting, and this is what you need to know about Russia and what they do, is one idea was just changing a couple digits in everybody's address on the voter registration rolls. So when you showed up to vote, they wouldn't have you, or they'd have a different address, and it would just sow seeds of doubt and discord. And that's it. But they had the ability to do it and didn't, and we don't know why. If they were just working on it and they're going to really unleash it here in 2020, why would you pick an off-year election as opposed to a close pres- Well, they didn't know it was going to be a close presidential election. Neither did the New York Times. That's what I was thinking about. I thought if Putin, I wonder if Putin thought, you know, we can do this, but this is not the right time. This election is not even going to be close. We can't sow any seeds of discord when somebody just, you know, trounces. He thought... Hillary would trounce. So how would you? How would he not thought that? That's what all the media was, 
all the media reports right. were. Yes. Yeah, I don't so know. maybe yes. he didn't want to yes. waste his tool on that? I know. I know. Uh, I'll let that phrase just go. Um, I. Uh, That's very grown up of you. Coming. <laughs> you know, any adult would do that. Most adults wouldn't even mention it. I don't see your point. Um, this may be a little surprising coming out of me, but I tend to think Obama's warning was probably pointed and uh, had great weight. I have a feeling he said, I see one more sign of this, we're going to X. And I don't know what X is exactly, but I have a feeling it was significant enough that the pooter pulled back. Because remember, the key to the strategy is you mess with somebody up to the point where they're going to punch you in the face. And and Obama said, we're going to punch you in the face. Or maybe Putin didn't know that we had figured out he was messing with us. So yeah, I don't just, know. So just letting him know. that Because if I'm correct, I'll have to Google it. Um, or I'll uh, I'll do what first page at start page at uh, startpage.com yeah I'll start That's page my new I even got the app on my phone I think the phrase was Obama said to Putin we know you're messing with our election stop um, so it's just letting him know we know what you're doing I don't know uh, everybody seems to agree that we haven't done enough to combat that <laughs> happening again that would seem to be uh, yeah generally agreed upon. In a close election, how did how did Obama not go to bed on election night thinking the Russians had to do something for Trump to have won? He may have. He may have thought that. But That's what I would have thought if I had the information he had. He's taking in the same news reports we are. Hillary's going to win in a landslide. Right. It's not even going to be close. Yeah. Uh, I also know that the Russians are, are are getting into our computer voter rolls all over the country. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, Trump wins. You'd have to go to bed thinking, Jesus, Russia just threw our election up the air. Or you'd have to wonder. But he must have gotten reports saying, no, they didn't. Or he'd have come out and said something. Plus, he hates Hillary. He hated Hillary. No doubt about that. And she didn't go to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think uh, the Russians did much to help Trump, this, honestly. This, they didn't need to. This story is not over. Oh, no, no. This is going to be as long as Putin or somebody like him lives and breathes. This is going to be our reality for a long time. This is really going to be the big story in America after we have an election where a whole bunch of people show up to vote and their names aren't there or their address is wrong or something. Yeah. Or they're illegals. Oh, no, no. People are in favor of that. Uh, We'll see. So I got an interesting story for you. I just highlighted it from the New York Times about this activist woman who may have done something really, really strange with this disabled man. Or she just had an affair with a consenting adult. Depends on how you look at it. This is troubling. It is troubling. I don't even like the tease. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. I don't know if we talked about this before or not. It kind of rings a bell, but it uh, came to an an interesting end. This woman, Anna Stubblefield, she spent 22 months in jail. She's now out um, and is going to stay out for a variety of reasons that aren't the interesting part of this story. But she I- admitted to some wrongdoing, and now the, the trial is over. And she was originally sentenced to 12 years for raping a disabled man. Wow. Um, she's an, an academic activist in race and 
disabilities. Specifically, she's after racists and ableists. That's people who don't like others because they're raced and people who uh, who uh, discriminate against people because they're disabled. You're called an ableist if you do that. Wow. So that's, okay, that's I've got a new ist. Yeah. So that's been her uh, her her thing for a long time, and I'm you know I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, as long as you don't carry it too far, I'm perfectly fine with that. But what what would seem happened here, and the the writer of this article in the New York Times seems to believe this is what happened. What it seems happened here is this activist woman came across a profoundly disabled black guy. He's 37 years old, but he's so physically and mentally disabled, he can't really do anything. Okay. He's five foot tall, weighs nothing, makes grunting noises, can't dress. This is troubling. Yeah. Can't do anything. Okay. I get it. Yeah. She came across this person, started using this long disavowed method known as facilitated communication where you put their hands on a keyboard and they type out things it's really like a ouija board if you've ever been around the whole ouija board thing but she used this facilitated communication and uh she claims that she brought back uh dj this is the they use these initials they kept the guy's name private obviously but she she brought back DJ's right of self-determination through this assisted communication, empowering him to take college classes, present papers at conferences, and eventually express his longing for an older married white woman who had been his savior. It sounded like a load of crap even before you got to that last part. Well, this is what... Ha- I think she believed it. I think she believed this is what's happening. I think she's that far out there. I think she, because this is what she's been fighting for her whole life, she came across this person that she could put these thoughts into his head and type this stuff out on a computer and somehow make herself believe that he was typing this stuff out on the computer. And so he, he would type these papers and uh, they would present them at uh, conferences about what it's like to be a black disabled man in America. Wow. And eventually went to the part where she, he seduced her. This is what she claims. He seduced her, even though there's no indication, according to his family and any doctors, that he's got any ability to freaking do anything. Yeah. Um, he seduced her. She does. This is how she got out of. She got out of trouble by admitting she did have sex with him. She did touch his private parts and stimulate him sexually. Mm. Um, she admitted to that in court, which had a, played a role in her actually getting out, um, which is kind of interesting. The whole thing is pretty interesting from a number of different angles, uh, it seems to me. I mean, you got this whole activist thing. It's a lot yeah. like the people who, who spend their whole lives, you know, complaining about racism, and then so they put some nooses in a tree so they can make a big deal about, look, there are a bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. Right. We know that story. Yeah. She did the same thing with a disabled guy. Wow, that's extra crazy. Double crazy. Yeah, I'd say it is. So she admitted to, you know, have sex in a mob, probably admitted to, to, to express some sort of contrition. I've worried about that my entire life. You're standing in front of the judge. You just got convicted by an idiot jury. Oh, I've got a great idiot juror email, too, by the way. Um, you just got convicted by an idiot jury, even though you didn't do it. And this happens a lot. Uh, and and your lawyers and the judge make it clear, you want me to give you a lighter sentence, you got to fess up and uh, admit it. you got to express remorse. And you didn't do it. You get up there and say to the judge, I didn't do it. You got the wrong guy, you people, you morons, you convicted the wrong guy, 
I'm not admitting anything. I did not do it. Well, that's how you failed to take responsibility for the maximum sentence. And that happens. Mm-hmm. Man, that'd be a rough uh, conundrum. So uh, this particular woman, and I'm, I'm now I'm quoting the author of the article in the New York Times. I sense there is no escaping from this narrative that after spending all these hours next to DJ at a keyboard, Anna had written both of them into a romance. The activist professor who sacrificed her family, career, and eventually her freedom to to help this disabled black man. With each step she took in their relationship was as if she sank a little deeper into the quicksand of delusion, a kind of erotomania. If she reneged about any of the claims she'd made about his intellect, that would mean he had no capacity to give consent hmm. and that she had raped somebody disabled. So she had to continue with the, no, no, no. He typed this stuff out. Oh, I thought it was leading toward claiming that she was going for some sort of virtue-signaling martyrdom. The, the ultimate virtue signaling. She would be admitting not only to what might be criminal behavior, but also to the idea that she'd become a vector of white, able-bodied supremacy, the very thing that her very own boogeyman that she'd been swearing to fight her whole life. She had taken advantage of a black, disabled person right. for her own gain. Wow. Wow. Um, one of the things that helped her case is they got a couple of people, uh, professors, to argue that uh, her her... Her 12-year sentence was unfair because DJ is so out of it, um, her, her actions were likely well-intentioned and probably didn't cause him any harm. Well, listen. If she wronged or harmed him, it must have been in a way that he is incapable of understanding. That is, you know, he he couldn't understand being taken advantage of sexually. And if in any way he, physic, he felt anything physically, it, physical, it was pleasurable. Wow, it's that is so... I, I'm glad you're reading that. Because I sure as hell don't want to say it. But I think we all kind of are tracking with that sure. sentence. Given, given, um, he can't feel taken advantage of. He doesn't have the intellect for that. If he felt anything physical, it was pleasurable. So what are you putting her in prison for 12 years for? She's obviously a cuckoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and probably ought to get punished. But yeah, Oh, oh man, is that a troubling little conundrum, there moral are, conundrum? There are obviously all kinds of people already trying to write um, either plays or books or TV movies about this. because I'm not watching them. Such a weird story. Her family uh, is really upset with her. Well, she's obviously Fruit Loops. Yeah. Wow, it's kind of... uh... They feel like this white woman, it's a black family, they feel like this white woman took advantage of their disabled black brother slash son. Yeah, she used them as a tool for her ego and her academic career. She absolutely did what she hates so much in America, taking advantage of the disabled and and the black. She took advantage of a black disabled person. To prove what an outrage it is to take advantage. To further of her right. career. Yeah, okay. To go around giving these lectures at very colleges. Isn't that something? What a weird, complicated story. You're inventing a new kind of crazy every day. No kidding. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump getting closer and closer to a decision on Syria. And Facebook has now put a bounty on data abusers. We'll get into those stories minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. We got Zuckerberg taking the stand and being uh, grilled by all the Congress people wanting a piece of his hide coming up in the next hour. Exciting. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to get on the local news yelling at Zuckerberg. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, one more quick thing on that troubling story, and I won't spell it out because it is too troubling. 
for anybody who doesn't think there should be or is or whatever with the double standard, try to picture the sex reverse in that story. You'd, you'd be in prison the rest of your life if you had the reverse. Yeah, victimizing a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Of course so. there's a double standard. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, we've got a lot of moving parts in this story right now. Now we have an international chemical weapons watchdog group saying a fact-finding team is getting ready to deploy to Syria shortly. So they are going to go take a look at the uh, site of the uh, supposed uh, chemical weapons attack. So they're going to be on their way. Meanwhile, President Trump is saying a decision is going to come very soon on how America is going to respond to that alleged, uh, alleged attack. Dozens of people killed in the suspected chemical attack near Damascus. Trump remarking a decision would likely be made last night or soon afterwards. It will be met, and it will be met forcefully. And when, I will not say, because I don't like talking about timing. Now, Jack, weren't you saying Sebastian Gorka is saying it could come down today? Yeah, he doesn't really know what he's talking about, but he does it in a very dramatic voice. Yes. Um, Russia is jamming our drones that are flying over Syria. So we can't gather information, and this just across U.S. officials. Russian officials have been looking to block U.S. military from retaliation. So they're going about ways, including the um, jamming our drones. I wonder how old uh, Assad, animal Assad... My idea for a nickname for him was Os Holod. Os, <laughs> yes, yes. Holod. It's complex. It's close. I'm not it? sure you can say it out loud. Yeah. Anyway, um, I wonder how he feels about uh, you know the president's contemplating some sort of reaction, and then he finds out oh they just raided his lawyer's uh, home and office and the rest of it, and now Trump is enraged. I'm thinking I don't want Trump really, really angry as he's making the decision about what to do. So it's our technology against Russian technology? Who's got the better technology? That's what it sounds like from those reports. Yeah, we're squaring off and trying to get the upper hand. Yeah, Russians uh, Russians taking the possibility of an attack very, very seriously right now. Senate Democrats say they have obtained internal EPA agency documents that show no evidence of specific credible physical threats against the administrator Scott Pruitt. That is, despite claims of an unprecedented number of death threats to justify his $3 million in security spending. So Scott Pruitt, again, that was one of the things a lot of the people were complaining about. Well, wait a minute, you're dropping a lot of money on security. Well, we've had a number of death threats. So the Democrats say they saw no records describing credible, specific threats against Pruitt yeah, but, or you know, Marshall, his family. My problem with this story is it's not like you can use security to bring you wealth or pleasure or travel or something like that. Right. Security is just security. So maybe the guy's paranoid, but you know, given the amount of graft and greed and crime and sweetheart deals right. and crony capitalism and everything. Yeah, except another part of this story yeah, from the Democrats is that they're saying Pruitt's staff cited the death threats to rebut the criticism of Pruitt flying in first-class airline seats. Well, it's, very, it's much easier to uh, ward off an attack in yeah. first-class, Marshall. Yes. There's that. Get the extra leg room for kicking. Uh, hey, right? by the way, I'm going through the text. Whoever texted, wait, I think that guy's getting more than me. Uh, we don't want to hear from your texts anymore. Yeah, please All don't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's uh, Never text taste. again.
Well, just hours before Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg uh, faces two days of congressional testimony about the company's data security scandal, Facebook has announced it is offering uh, its users a first-of-a-kind bounty to help detect large data leaks. The uh, social media giant announcing a bounty program that would compensate people who find any data abuse on its platforms. How about you don't collect it, then you don't have to worry about it. Just don't collect all my data. That's how they make money. Well, I realize. Why don't you tell your local shell station not to pump gas, you bastard? <laughs> Payout's going to start at $500 and can grow to $40,000 for big discoveries. Thanks for the distraction, Mark. A bug bounty team. We're att- not trying to make money. We just want old high school chums <laughs> to be able to reconnect. A bug bounty team of 10 people will vet and investigate any reports and recommend what action to take. From shutting down an app, suing the data leaker, or doing an on-site audit of the company that it's buying or selling unauthorized information. That sounds like the Facebook is going the extra mile, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out... As, as was reported a couple of weeks ago, people inside the Facebook circle believe this could be an existential threat to their very existence. Yes. Uh, that's what existential means. You Being idiot. exposed um, is evil? Uh, yeah. I mean, because they... they they exist on the pleasure of being a fad. I mean, and as soon as they're not a fad, it goes away really right. fast. That's correct. Signed MySpace. According to Eurodata TV Worldwide, and we know they're reliable, the average person, regardless of nationality, spends an average of three hours a day watching TV. However, the report did show that Americans and Canadians spend four hours and three minutes in front of the TV per day on average. Ain't nobody got time for that. Four hours, three minutes a day. Got our youngest watches so much television right now, and we don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Keeps him sane and out of danger. Right. But he watches so many freaking shows per right. day, mm-hmm. which seems, on the face of it, terrible. Seems like a bad thing to me, but it's about the only thing we can come right. up with right now that keeps him safe and, and, and the, the family functioning on any level. Wow. But wow. I'm disturbed about the amount of television. Have they ever done any research? Like, what, What's the worst thing that can happen to your brain? Just take like watching a lot, a lot, a lot of kids' shows. Well, I don't think... I don't, it does, your brain doesn't get as active as it should. Right. I mean, it really yeah. just kind of rims down. Yeah, well... Bull. I don't know. I don't know if we have a choice, but you know, I worry about it every day. And the other thing, too, is that's just TV watching. How, much, how many hours a day do we spend now just staring at screens? All of it. Yeah. I, mean, I never seems, stop. It seems that way. I hold for my some phone people. up by the windshield so I can glance around my phone at the road while I'm driving. Turn the camera lens on, look at the. Yeah, drive I'm through the, road the camera through lens. What? Yeah. Right. Well, I see, I misunderstood. I spend hours a day looking at screen doors. <laughs> uh, screen time. You know, I wonder why it was so popular. I figured I ought to join in. Oh, boy. Everyone else is doing it. I don't get it right. <laughs> Two hours of screen time a day, honey. Uh, I, I watched a couple hours uh, yesterday of a uh, train going down the tracks. And Did it's you a really? very soothing video. I from watched Finland. an entire Major League Baseball game. Did you really? That, that should be no. considered slow TV, right? If you got yeah. rid of the uh, the commercial breaks, that'd be slow TV. Yeah, fairly slow. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And it was a San Francisco Giants game, so I wasn't troubled by any runs being scored. <laughs> it's only slow TV if Shohei Otani isn't on the field playing. The only guy who can strike him out is him. All right, fanboy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The new household name. Say it again. I'm going to Shohei Otani. I'm going to try to remember. Shohei. It. The new Babe Ruth. Hey, we've Shohei. got the petering out coming up.
That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Hey, remember? They made a movie about me. Yeah, it was called Gladiator. <laughs> That's a joke. Funny, huh, Colin? <laughs> are, you, are you laughing or screaming? <laughs> Absolutely, homie. Look, unlike my facial expression, Facebook is going to change. That's great. Great. So, so users will be able to delete their data? No. Why, why not? Because it's mine. You, you gave it to me, no backsies. Uh, and if you don't like it, you can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Saturday Night Live portraying Mark Zuckerberg as like a non-human acting person. And I just saw him walking through the halls of Congress, and he, he clearly looks like one of those people that's really concentrating on trying to walk like a regular person. Humans move their arms when they walk. Is... I must do the same. <laughs> Poor guy. I guess he's a computer geek, and he, you know, he's struggling. Yeah, there were those who criticized you uh, postulating that he was not very bright since he did go to Harvard and start Facebook. We'll find out What have you done? That doesn't have anything to do with it. No, I said he was smarter than me. Well, he said I just don't don't think he's the visionary genius that he's been made out to be. We'll find out in the next two days. Or will we? We will. Said like a simpleton. Please. Uh, So a couple of uh, developments on the Stefan Clark shooting story. Uh, number one, his brother, Stevante, who made the news uh, in several ways, um, jumping up on the dancing into a city council meeting, jumping on the table, cursing at the mayor, et cetera, et cetera. That Don Lemon thing was interesting. Then the Don Lemon thing, and then the uh, the, the admittedly weird and uncomfortable uh, dynamics of the memorial service where various activists tried to take it over who didn't even know his brother, and he got pissed. That'd make me mad, too. But, you know, he's, anyway, it turns out he... He had some sort of breakdown or something, and, and he ended up in mental health care for a couple of days. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, a lot yeah. of people have been saying he, he looked like he might need that. Yeah, well, I would just say my own perception was that whether it was grief or stress or lack of sleep or whatever, he was not stable. But he got some help, and he said it was really good for him. And, you know, wish him well, certainly. Um. Also, uh, apparently... R- Lawmakers trotted out Assembly Bill 931 in the California Assembly that would change, after several decades, the state standard for police use of deadly force. And they didn't give any police leaders any heads up that it was coming. California police leaders on Monday sharply criticized lawmakers for blindsiding them last week with a proposal to change the circumstances under which officers can legally kill a suspect, according to the Sacramento Bee. For three decades, law enforcement has generally followed a standard established by U.S. Supreme Court that lethal force is acceptable if a reasonable officer in similar circumstances would have acted the same way. Assembly Bill 931 would change that word from reasonable to necessary, meaning when there are no alternatives for the officer to consider. Said California Police Chiefs Association David Swing... Quote, we find ourselves dumbfounded that legislation of this magnitude was introduced without consulting law enforcement stakeholders. Now, uh, do you get the sense this is something they actually want to push, or is it the classic politician thing of when there's a big story, you introduce some legislation around it 
to try to get on the right side of your constituents, which is a common thing. Once I became aware of it years ago, you see it all the time. You introduce things you have no interest in actually passing. No. You get on the right side of it. I can give you a couple of good examples. They're old, but they're good examples. When uh, the 49ers were moving their stadium so far away from San Francisco, uh, Dianne Feinstein, and the people were going crazy, Dianne Feinstein Feinstein said, I've introduced legislation that a, a team has to be within a certain number of miles of the city and blah, blah, blah. Hilarious. She, she had no intention of passing, but that was no. just trying to represent Hillary Clinton after um, uh, whichever election, uh, 2000. She she introduced, she wanted to introduce uh, taking a look at the Electoral College. Right. She didn't actually. It was just responding to... Sure. Yeah. You know, so is this one of those Democratic Assembly member Shirley Weber of San Diego and Kevin McCarty of Sacramento introduced the bill last week? Um, I could easily believe that it's just a political gesture. Yeah, that's a good thing to be aware of, by the way. It happens all the time. If there's a hot topic and people are worked up, you introduce some. You're never even going to actually send it to a committee legislation to try to show that you care. And right. people remember you for it. The Talking Unicorn Act. Uh, Vacaville Police Chief John Carley, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, said Monday that more focus should be placed on how suspects ignore officers' commands, which puts them in a position of hang- having to respond with greater force. That seems like that'd be a pretty major change. That's Oh, it absolutely would be. That's one of the challenges we're seeing more and more in policing is utterly defiant, resistant to the authority that police represent. Our power is vested through a society that trusts its police, so that's the paramount issue. Now, here is a great example of uh, the, the A&G show looking at both sides. The police chief of Vacaville, who is a really good dude, says we're seeing more and more utterly defiant resistant resistance to the authority of the police. Wow, we need to take a look at that. At the same time, and this, uh, you know, I only read a very short quote from the police chief, but... As we pointed out the other day, you have civilians who are often put in a position of being completely terrified with no notice. Just suddenly there are guns pointing at them. They're terrified. The chances of them doing the wrong thing is fairly high, and then they get shot to death. So we need to keep working on police tactics and see if there's any way we can avoid people suddenly being terrified panicking and getting shot to death. I don't understand which side you're on. It's too confusing for me. Well, I've done my work. Mm. Final thoughts with Angie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Wow. It's got that early 70s singer-songwriter sound. Wow. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from Michelangelo. Michael. All right, we got some breaking news on Mark Zuckerberg. Cub Scouts were touring the White House, and a scoutmaster grabbed Zuckerberg, thinking he was wandering away from the group. Ah, hilarious. And also, lawmakers have been complaining about Zuckerberg wearing a video game helmet during questioning. He won't look people in the eyes. What? Marshall Phillips, you have a final thought for us? I do indeed. i got friends coming in from out of town. Looking forward to seeing them. We are heading straight over to the Raven Social and Athletic Club to meet with my financial advisor. This will be the big fun. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Positive Sean, your final thought for us. Yes, my new feature uh, is this Marshall in the news. An individual lost all their money at a, a casino. Called nine one one because they didn't have a way to get home. Marshall, was this you? <laughs> Do you have a location of the casino? That could have mm, been you. It's so it's a, a possibility. You can call me, Marshall. I will come get you should this happen. You do not have to call nine one one. That's for emergencies only. You know what they say in Vegas: guys who chase flushes leave on buses. Marshall, bet wisely. Jack, your final thought. 
There's birthday cake in the lunchroom for some reason. Somebody's birthday, and it's got blue frosting, a shade of blue that there there is no food that color blue. Frosting. Nobody, nobody over the age of twelve should eat birthday cake at ten o'clock in the morning. How's it look to you, positive Sean? Worth a bite? I'm probably going to have a piece. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doomed. Uh, oh, um, my final thought is, do, is anybody aware of a product, any sort of like battery-operated shark you can run back and forth in your pool to keep ducks from crapping in your water? That's not a bad idea. Something like that. Have you considered shooting them until they stop appearing? I think my neighbors might be off-put by that. Yeah, they go over it. What do they want, ducks flying all around? <laughs> You can ugly, either have ducks, ducks or the occasional shotgun blast. Yeah. You only they wouldn't poo. Yeah. It's the poo I object to. How about diapers? Put yeah, diapers I was going to say, diaper yeah. the ducks. If you do get a robot shark, I'm coming over to visit it. Yeah. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. Bye-bye. Um, I don't think that's true, but of course you're right, and we should have done that. So let's fast forward to now. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.